Shall I take your order, or do you need a minute? Ah, yes, I'll be ready. Just buying a car on Carvana. What? It's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do was answer a few questions. What? That's handy. Yeah. Now I'm customizing my down and monthly payments. What? That's an exquisite deal. And just like that, Carvana's delivering my car in a couple days. What? Oh, yeah. Uh, sorry. I'll have the burrito. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Delivery fees may apply. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, Old Spice deodorant, or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Third hour, Clay and Buck kicks off right now, everybody. And we have a lot to get to here. You've got the GOP considering the possibility of impeaching Joe Biden. Some... uh, Already some back and forth over that one among members of Congress. You also have Devin Archer testifying today about his business dealings with Hunter and Joe Biden involved in all of this. Um, And that's, I think, really something that they've tried so hard to uh, avoid the public from figuring out, which is that Joe Biden was very much a part of the Hunter scam. That's right. The sitting president of the United States can I just can I just put this out there, Clay? Do you see this? This is um, Representative Daniel Goldman. Uh, it's cut thirty-one, saying, "Of course, Clay, Joe Biden was talking to Hunter's business associates. Obviously, play it." The president's statement saying that he never talked to any of Hunter Biden business associates. Clearly, he talked, whether it's about the weather or whatever. But he said specifically that he's never talked to them. Does this contradict? Him? I, I don't know what his comment is, and if we're gonna, well, I don't think that's what he said. He never said that he has never spoken to anyone. He said that he had nothing to do with Hunter Biden's business dealings. If he says hello to someone that he sees his son with. Is he supposed to say, hi, son? No, I'm not going to say hello to the other people at the table or the other people on the phone. It's kind of a preposterous premise to think that a father should not say hello to people that the son is at dinner with. And that is literally all the evidence is. Okay, Clay. I mean, this is, this is, I mean, that depends on what the meaning of is, is. This is over lawyering. This is a desperate attempt to avoid what is the fundamental and obvious conclusion. Joe Biden is a liar and Joe Biden was in on it. He said specifically, Buck, I've never spoken to any of Hunter's business associates. That is pretty transparent, straightforward and categorical. 
And now they're shifting the argument. And this is uh, not unexpected because Corinne Jean-Pierre said, oh, he's never talked with Hunter about business, uh, with his family about business. Look, this is all a lie. Joe Biden was neck deep in Hunter Biden's business dealings. The only reason Hunter Biden had any business at all was Joe Biden. I mean, these Chinese and Ukrainian interests are not stupid. Buck, and I've said this on the show before, but if we, if, if Chairman Z had a crackhead son that United States interests could pay a couple million dollars to and know everything that was going on inside of the inner reaches of the United, of the Chinese government and to have someone to advocate for United States interest, it would be the greatest intelligence coup of the 21st century. You worked in the CIA. If you could have been involved in the crackhead son of Chairman Z that America somehow set up payments to him for a couple million dollars, and as a result, we had the ability to influence the decisions that China was making in a way that was beneficial to the United States, every single one of us listening right now would say, that's the intelligence coup of the 21st century. Would you love to have been a CIA analyst able to put together that kind of intelligence gathering operation for the cost of a couple million dollars? Oh, that's that's career making, not just for, let's say, a, a, a case officer who'd be running that kind of an asset, but for the head of the agency at the yes. time. I mean, that that level of access to a foreign adversary, if you could actually get that, would be absolutely tremendous. And I do think we can all discount the likelihood that Hunter Biden was being paid for his uh, market advice when it comes to foreign natural gas making home videos and perhaps how to set up your own chemistry set. I mean, we know what his skill set is, and it is not something that is worth the millions and millions of dollars we've given him. So this couldn't be more obvious, um, but I, I do think that everyone needs to prepare themselves for the reality that the Democrats, I don't think that uh, because a Democrat is in charge, Joe Biden, because there will not be charges against Joe Biden himself, they will justify anything that comes out under the, well, Joe Biden hasn't been charged. Donald Trump has been charged so many times. I can just already see that's where this will eventually go because they've had to walk back the defense so many steps. Also, I wanted to address something else, Clay, because, you know, we had the caller just now. I think was um, we were trying to uh, always represent this by the data as accurately as we can. I, I think that this audience is as good a, a an example of the GOP base as you could find on on any program anywhere uh in any medium, right? Um you know, it says large sample size and we've got people from all 50 states who are listening and and so that gives us a good sense of where people stand. About half the audience by the numbers is all in for Trump. About half the audience is not. And so when we talk about these issues like I brought up DeSantis before when we're discussing the positives and negatives of different candidates or campaigns, we're not endorsing. And Ron DeSantis is a phenomenal governor of Florida. That doesn't change. Uh, that's not something that uh, the polls are going to. This is about who the best president of the United States will be for the GOP and for the country going forward. And so we're looking at what the voice of the base is at this point in time and trying to analyze it. Basically, what I'm saying is, 
if if someone's looking for, oh well, you know, are you are you going to push for this person or that? We're not trying to push. We're just trying to analyze, assess, and look at the data for what it is. And so uh, that's why I guess when he says uh, you say he's the best on COVID, um, he was the best governor on COVID. And to the point about attack ads that say that that's not true, I disagree with those attack ads. I don't think that. But this is politics, and people are allowed to have different uh, different approaches to how they're going to assess someone's tenure in any role. So that's just, I didn't want to leave that all hanging at the end of the last hour. Look, you can simultaneously believe that Ron DeSantis would be a really good president and that Donald Trump would be a re- really good president and that Vivek Ramaswamy would be a really good president. I actually think, and and by the way, Nikki Haley or Tim Scott or whoever your chosen uh, candidate is, this uh, group of Republicans, all of them, would be overwhelmingly better than Joe Biden. The point we're making is the big story today, I would say double-barreled here, New York Times, uh, they say that Donald Trump has opened a 37-point lead. No one has ever overcome in 50 years of data a lead of more than 20 points nationwide uh, since they started polling over 50 years ago. So if Ron DeSantis or anybody else were to catch and overtake Trump, it would be the biggest upset given where we're sitting right now in modern presidential political history. And simultaneous to that release of the poll from the New York Times, also CNN finally acknowledged what we've been saying for a long time, which is Trump is in a stronger position right now, even with the double indictments and even with potentially a couple of more indictments coming than he ever was in the 2016 campaign that he won against Hillary and that he ever was in the 2020 campaign against Joe Biden. And we've been saying this on the program for a while. Remember, Trump never led in any poll that was out there in 2020, and he virtually never led in any poll that was out there in 2016. He's leading in some of the polls that are coming out right now. Now, we are still, what's the math, five and a half months away from voting in Iowa occurring. A lot can happen in five and a half months. Maybe there's going to be an upset in Iowa, as there has been in the past. Uh, we'll see. Really, to me, Buck, the race officially begins for much of the public on August 23rd in this first Republican primary. Now, the uh, Republican debate, there's going to be one in, Oct- in September. There's going to be one in October. Uh, but I-, I thought, I'll just give people a clarity. I was saying this to somebody uh, who's in the Trump administration that I saw down here at the Atlanta Braves game uh on uh on the weekend we were having a conversation i said i thought that it was going to be far more competitive right now than it is i'll be honest with you i thought that we were going to have well, in my favorite word a real donny brook uh in the republican primary so far it does not appear that there's really going to be a battle at all maybe that changes but tomorrow's uh, august 1st every day every week that passes where this thing is not getting tighter makes it feel like more of a foregone conclusion. Well, also the polls were showing that it was yeah. going to be closer in December, January, February. So there was a moment there where there was consideration, a greater consideration among the GOP base of alternative options to another Trump uh, presidency or another Trump run, I should say, at the presidency because it's on the uh, primary side. Um but that shifted. That changed. 
And so here we are now seeing a a massive uh, movement of uh, really a consolidation of, of support for Donald Trump. I think it is clearly tied to the efforts to destroy him. I think that there are people for whom at, at just a gut, maybe instinctual level, the attack on Donald Trump and the usage of the law to destroy him. If this succeeds, what really is left? I, I think a lot of people feel that, meaning if if they're allowed to destroy Trump in this way, what are we thinking the system even can produce going forward? Um, I think I see those sentiments. I, I hear that from people or read it from people who are writing in. But I would also remind everybody that, you know, when we sit here and talk about the great thing on our side is you look at some of these people who are running. They're really impressive and they've done really good things either personally, professionally uh, out there in the private sector or for their respective states. I mean, a lot of these candidates are phenomenal people, you know, um, really impressive. And so I also think it's worth noting that for the top, let's say the top tier of GOP candidates, they agree with the people in this audience on policy and about the country and about their love of the country on, I don't know, 90% of issues, 95% of issues. So you're allowed to have a preference without despising the alternative on your own team. And I think that gets a little lost sometimes in these really aggressive primaries and, and the way people are uh, are thinking about this. Um, you know, there's we have a bunch of great governors on the Republican side who are doing a phenomenal job. Uh, we have people in this race who I think have shown, you know, obviously Vivek, but, um, you know, Tim Scott has a really inspiring story for people and is somebody who, you know, ultimately is a good man who wants good things for the country. I might be pushing a little bit here, but I can say this. Nikki Haley would be way better than Joe Biden. She's not going to be president. We all know that. But I'm just saying, I think it's worth keeping this. Now, maybe some people disagree with that, but I, I think it's fair to say that Nikki Haley would be way better than Joe Biden. So oh, I think that's 100 percent true. And, and I think, again, we will see five and a half months out. But I do think it's important. Remember, was it like two weeks ago, Buck, when I when I came on the show and I said, I feel like this is over. And yes, and you said I, it was over. <laughs> yeah, I remember two weeks ago I came on and I said, looking at the data, I feel like this thing is over. And um, and I think you were like, wait, you're calling it. You're crazy. I was. I, and and now we're I think it was two weeks ago. Some people would check yeah. the transcripts. Now we're two weeks since then. And the New York Times is basically coming out and saying, hey, this is over. Now, the good thing is, if you are a supporter of the 50 percent that is not Trump, your candidate gets an opportunity to still make the case. The challenge is this, Buck. When I shared with you all the fact that Trump is winning on every side of every angle and that. Uh, how do you attack him? Well, his support is not is not fundamentally due to grading each individual policy, and Correct. that's really what this comes so down to. So it's super hard to beat him on a policy level when most Trump supporters are not focused on the granular, oh, he believes this on abortion, or he believes this. They are with him on a visceral, emotional level. So how do you erase a 37-point lead? And by the way, DeSantis is the only one within 37. Every other candidate, Buck, is 50 points behind. Because the, not to even, me, yeah, the lesson, not even close. To me, the lesson of that New York Times poll is nobody else is above 3%. So, like, people are picking on DeSantis. He's sitting at 17. Trump has a 50-plus point lead on every other candidate that's announced so far. That's crazy. I know. Uh, I, I don't think anybody anticipated that's exactly... Um, where where it would be 
And it, it has been a little bare knuckle from the Trump campaign on some of this stuff. That's also true. I think uh, a caller of the last hour is pointing that out. But to the Trump supporters, you know what they're saying? What do you think you're going to be up against with Joe Biden? What do you think? You know, the, the Democrats not only will lie about you, they'll throw you in prison. Yeah. So crying foul to the referees, unfortunately, it's not going to work in, in any context. Um, and it's just up to, you know, win, winning is winning. But what not it also Yogi Berra? Uh, it ain't over till it's over. Is that him or is that? Is yes. he the fat lady I think, sings I think guy? that's Yogi Berra too. Yeah. So that's where we are here, folks. Bring out Yogi Berra. Look at some. Look at some of the wisdom therein. You know, there's a phrase that often applies to each of us. When the going gets tough, the tough gets going. It's actually in this read. I don't even know if that's Yogi Berra. It means when a situation becomes difficult, strong people are able to step up and handle it. Having strength and stamina in tough times is obviously crucial. Your own stamina is often helped if you rely on Chalk's male vitality stack. You take this every day. It's an all-natural supplement set from our friends at Chalk, specifically formulated to provide men with energy, stamina, and focus. The leading ingredient in the male vitality stack has been proven in studies to replenish 20% of testosterone levels in men. And that's key because testosterone is the hormone in our bodies that fuels drive and energy. Get yourself set up with Chalk. Go online to their easy-to-find website, Chalk.com. It's spelled com. Save 35% off any subscription you choose for the life of that subscription when you use my name, Buck, in your purchase process. Chalk.com. Use my name, Buck, B-U-C-K, for 35% off. Again, you can cancel your subscription at any time, but so very few folks do that because they love the benefits they get from Chalk. com. Don't miss a day of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information, so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com news and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com news. Identity theft protection starts here. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. We're talking about Joe Biden, potentially uh, the revelations that could come out of the Devin Archer testimony, which reportedly the transcript is going to be released now this week. But on Friday, Buck, during the weekend rush with People Magazine, Joe Biden finally acknowledged that he does, in fact, have a seventh grandchild, Hunter Biden's illegitimate daughter uh, in Arkansas, a four-year-old. Here is NBC reporting, oh yeah, they finally did acknowledge it. President on Friday publicly acknowledged for the first time his four-year-old grandchild, Navy Joan Roberts, who is the daughter of his son, Hunter. In a statement first reported by People magazine that was obtained by NBC News, Biden said he and the First Lady wanted the best for all of their grandchildren, including Navy. It follows criticism from Republican White House hopefuls over the president not counting Navy among his seven grandchildren in public remarks. Hunter Biden last month settled a paternity case over the child after previously denying that he was the father. People magazine, Buck, on Friday. Uh, I mean, how much of a running for cover move was this? It's a running for cover move, but I think it's also, remember, the ultimate Biden fallback for a long time is always sympathy. Sympathy for Joe, sympathy for his family. That's why he thought he'd be able to get away with stealing or taking, I should say, millions of dollars for the Biden crime family from all over the world. Because, you know, he's Joe. Got to be sympathetic to his plight. We should play Scott Jennings before the show's out, going on CNN and absolutely obliterating that argument on CNN for that audience. But first, companies like Pure Talk, who operate with a customer-first mentality, need to be championed. The company made an announcement at the beginning of the month, benefiting both existing and new customers. Pure Talk added data to every plan now including a mobile hotspot with each one, no price increases whatsoever. Monthly price still the same, just 20 bucks a month for unlimited talk text, now 50% more 5G data, plus mobile hotspots, just $20 a month. Most families saving almost $1,000 a year while enjoying the most dependable 5G network in America. Great cell phone service at a reasonable price. How refreshing is that to hear? Here's how you get hooked up. Dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck to make the switch to Pure Talk. You'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Again, dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck, make the switch today. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the front lines of truth. Welcome back, everybody. Our friend God Saad is with us now. Some of you are familiar with his work, I'm sure. He's an author, a public intellectual, a marketing expert. He has a new book out, The Sa- <laughs> the Sad Truth About Happiness, because, you know, God's sad. Uh, God, thanks for being with us. Oh, thanks so much for having me. Pleasure to be with you. All right, you deal with a lot of stuff in here. You know, we talk about politics today, and, and things have been pretty, pretty fiery on the show. But we also want to give, um, as much as we can, ha- have conversations here that deal with how to live the good life, how to do the right things, how to feel good in your day-to-day. Tell us about how you can achieve that and what you're getting at in this book. Well, I'm basically arguing that, look, there's about 50% of our differences in happiness scores come from our genes, meaning some of us have a sunny disposition, some of us have a less sunny disposition. But the good news is that it still leaves 50% up for grabs. So there are certain choices that you can make in life, certain mindsets that you can adopt that either increase your likelihood of 
happiness or of misery. And so that's what the book is about. What are some of these secrets? Okay, like so, yeah, <laughs> exactly. What are some? Okay, well, I mean, uh, let's start with the two most fundamental decisions that will either impart great happiness or great misery upon you, choosing the right life partner and the ideal job. I can speak briefly on each if you'd like. Uh, the right life partner, in evolutionary psychology, there are two opposing maxims. One is the opposites attract maxim or the birds of a feather flock together maxim. Well, for short-term sexual encounter, opposites attract works perfectly well. I may be sexually restrained, I may be introverted, you may be the exact opposites, and hence opposites might attract. But for long-term stability of a romantic union, the research is overwhelmingly clear that it's birds of a feather flock together. And what, what do we mean by birds of a feather flocking on which feathers? Well, it's sharing the same life goals, same belief systems, same values. You increase your chances tremendously if you find someone with whom to assort on these values. All right, what about jobs? Uh, so many people out there are constantly seeking affirmation, seeking happiness through what they do for a living. What does the data show us on this? What would you encourage? Let's say we got 17, 18, 20-year-olds listening right now trying to figure out what direction to go with their career. What would you say the data suggests is the pathway to fulfilling and happiness in that respect? Yeah, great. Great question. Thank you. Uh, I argue there are two fundamental things that you should try to achieve in terms of your ideal job, if possible. Of course, I realize people may have, you know, pragmatic constraints. But if possible, number one, any job that allows you to instantiate your creative impulse, you could be a chef, you could be an architect, you could be a podcaster, a stand-up comic, an author, a professor. All of these jobs, while very different, share one thing in common. They create new content, new material. And the process of being immersed in the creative process really is a, is a direct pathway to purpose and meaning. The second uh, metric that I would recommend in terms of finding an ideal job is something that gives you temporal freedom. So, and, and that's a fancy way of saying that gives me freedom to sort of navigate through my day without being consistently constrained by someone else's schedule. So I may work very hard, gentlemen, but it's really on my own time. I could work till four in the mo morning on my next paper or my next book and then wake up at 10 and then go off to a cafe. But contrast that to someone who is bound by, you know, union rules as to when they can take a bathroom break. So all other things equal, creative impulse, temporal freedom is a sure way to being happy. If I could just add one quick other thing. In one of the last chapters, I talk about anticipatory regret. So try to make decisions that will anticipate you not succumbing to future regret. So as relating to a job, many people at the end of their life will say, I really regret that I never pursued my interest in the arts. I became a pediatrician because my dad and his dad were pediatricians. And so you really have to be mindful of that. I understand that people have constraints. They have to put you know, food on the table. But if you can find something that will minimize anticipatory regret in the future, you're on your way to being happy. We're speaking to God Sad. Uh, he has a book, The Sad Truth About Happiness. We're talking about it right now. You know, you, you say in the book, you get into resilience. I, I've learned the older I get, uh, God, the more it feels like re like resilience and persistence gets you 90% of where you want to be. Oh, 100%. Look, you. when I'm working on this book, Right. I mean, of course, you have to have talent to, t to tell a story, to, you know, do the research on, you know, the material that you're writing about. 
But the discipline that is required to wake up every day, doesn't matter if I'm teaching classes that day, doesn't matter if I'm having trouble with my children at home, it doesn't matter if I have bronchitis, I have to head off and write 500 words a day no matter what. Rainy, sunny, doesn't matter. If I don't do that, I could never meet the strict deadline that my publisher has imposed. I ran a few marathons when I was younger. I mean, it does, it's not about physical shape when you're running a marathon. It's when you hit the wall around the 38-kilometer mark, are you able to take another step? Everything in your body is saying no, but yet one step, another step, another step, and suddenly you finish the marathon. So there's nothing you can do in life that, that, that is uh, substantive that doesn't require this anti-fragility mindset. What about social media? What does it show you in terms of happiness? So many people spending a lot of time on Instagram, TikTok, uh, Twitter, they all have different cultures, Facebook. What does that reflect about happiness? Uh, is it a pathway to unhappiness? Is it something that, that you have to watch? Is it something that leads to more happiness based on your data? What have you seen? Yeah, great question. I mean, it really depends on how you interact with social media. If you use it, Say in my case, because of my job, I have to spread ideas, I have to connect with people. Well, then if you do it for that, then it can bring you great riches. On the other hand, if you use it to constantly compare your lot in life to others, well, you know, they have a nicer car, their marriage seems better than mine, they seem to have better put together children, then that's why you end up with depression when you navigate through social media, because everybody is curating the best aspects of their life. They're not showing you the bad parts. And so you start underestimating how good your life is. And you think everybody has this magical life and that can make you feel bad. So use social media to connect with others, drop the rest, and hopefully you'll be happier. One more for you, God. You know, I'm, I'm getting a, a dog with my wife this fall. You have something about that that really <laughs> stuck out to me in the book about, you know, taking a tip from your dog about happiness in life. Oh, my goodness. I, you know what? I think that probably getting a dog is better than being put on any antidepressant medication. I mean, may, I'm being a bit facetious. But look, what? why do we share so much with dogs? Because we both have an innate and desperate desire to play. We're both social species. We both wish to be immersed in play. That's why I have a whole chapter on life as a playground. So I'm really delighted to hear that you're getting a dog. Believe me, as someone who's had many Belgian Shepherds, Life without a dog is bereft of meaning. Speaking of that, uh, there's different data I've seen on kids, especially when kids are young. Stresses on parents uh, are a lot higher. I'm curious what the data reflects on parenting, grandparenting, and how children factor in uh, to happiness based on what you've seen. Look, uh, the, the research is is mixed. I mean, some some people say that having uh, children, uh, you know, offers you a, a, a bit of a hit of happiness. Others say the opposite. So the research is not completely unequivocal there. But I'll answer in a more philosophical way. I argue that your pathway to immortality really operates through two pathways. Number one, I could have genetic immortality, and I can only have that by having children. When I have children, I literally am propagating my genes, at least half of my genes to each of my children. The other way that I can achieve immortality is through what's called mimetic immortality, right? The books that I write hopefully are read by others. They Now I'm infecting their brains with my ideas. And so uh, from my perspective, existentially, uh, life is somewhat uh, poorer 
if you don't have uh, children that can hopefully take care of you when you're older. So yes, get children. Hopefully that'll make you happier. The sad truth about happiness. God sad is uh, the author. God, always good to have you all, man. Thank you. Thank you so much, guys. Cheers. Uh, some folks in the know think that we're going to hear an announcement from our federal government related to a change in our nation's currency system. According to former Wall Street insider Tika Tawari, the government may well announce a national recall in the U.S. dollar in favor of a new digital version. Hard to imagine the logistics of that, but given our society's drive toward a cashless economy, it could well happen. This former Wall Street insider and now publisher, Tika, is warning us that the official announcement could come in the next few months. He's exposing this government plan in a video that explains Welcome back all in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. I'd encourage all of you to get your See popcorn the video online at this because the fallout of Devin Archer's Again, testimony is officially underway, before it's and Democrats are running for cover. Com, paid for by Palm uh, we Beach will get Research transcripts, group. but there are already the new a lot of comments coming out. Catch up on any part of the show you might have missed. This is, anyway, there is going to be a to get now, access to the, the guys, question as find always, the Clay and Buck how much coverage will we see from the New York- Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, Old Spice deodorant, or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get Our Way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Buble's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything everybody including sitting presidents so join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before tell it like it is and even sing a song or two this is our podcast and we're going to do it our way listen to our way on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts times from the washington post from nbc cbs abc Because a lot of those people out there, Buck, still have no uh, understanding of exactly how corrupt the Bidens are. But I will say this. I wanted to play this cut because Scott Jennings went on CNN 
And we talked about the fact that on Friday, out of nowhere, Hunter Biden, suddenly after uh, four years, Joe Biden acknowledged that he had a seventh grandchild. Remember, Buck, we talked about this on the program. They didn't hang a stocking for her uh, over the family uh, fireplace in the White House. They have denied her existence. They fought her ability to use the Biden name at all. And I would imagine this landed for those uh, small number of people who actually watch CNN Oh, wait, this Grandpa Joe narrative, this Joe Biden family man, it's actually starting to crumble. And here was Scott Jennings throwing some punches that even in CNN, they couldn't uh, ignore anymore. It's not Republicans, with all due respect, who made Hunter Biden into a complete scumbag on this and other issues. The ignoring his own daughter for four years and the president of the United States hanging up a stocking for the dog I mean, the and not for his seventh grandchild. Okay, look, we can also have we, sympathy for people who are struggling with addiction. Let's right, keep this conversation right. respectful. I, 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 listen, I totally agree. And you know where I'm from? A lot of families deal with addiction. And you know who ends up picking up the pieces? The grandparents. And in this case, the grandparents would not acknowledge this little girl. It is offensive. But the bottom line is... But they have now. The poll... <laughs> Oh, what a hero. The polling must have been yeah, brutal. Just the polling sure must have been the- brutal. Notice the little the CNN anchor there. Just, you know, oh, just just jumping in to make sure the narrative is shaped away from what the I, I mean, the guys are Republican at CNN. Uh, I didn't know there were any left. It's like finding, an, you know, you thought a species was extinct and then you find one. Um, you know, he he's there making the case. But Clay, she uses the term sympathy, which I thought was pretty funny, because what did I say before? That's always the fallback. Oh, have sympathy for the Bidens and their plight. Um, I'm sorry. Do, do, do the Democrats have any sympathy for the um, Mar-a-Lago, like low-level employees? You know, meaning oh, low in the not. hierarchy. No sympathy. Do they have any sympathy for the people that have been destroyed um, by the deep state machinery? Whether it's pro-life activists or you know, go down the list. Anybody in Trump orbits that they've ruined and tried to bankrupt. Of course, oh, the sympathy is very selective here, isn't it? Sympathy for Joe Biden and the trials and tribulations of his family. Uh, it, it's it's very clear what's going on. I, I will say though, my concern is the timing of this, and it's in it's in a couple of different ways. One is the recognition of the of the grandchild, the out of wedlock grandchild, coming at this time. I think they're trying to play up the sympathy card big time right now. Because that's always the Biden fallback, right? And and so that's a part of it. And then beyond that, there's Clay. They're getting this all out of the way in late summer 2023. Is anyone going to care next summer? Is anyone going to care next fall? That's what really matters. And that's my concern here is that in a sense, the media, oh, all of a sudden the dam is breaking. All of a sudden everyone's talking about this. Unless this results in Joe Biden being forced out, which you've thought was possible all along, I thought probably not. I've said he's staying in. Unless that happens, the timing of all this is pretty fortuitous for Biden 2024. That's how I see it. Yeah, and I think this is one of the big calculations that the House Republicans are going to have to make. If they decide that impeachment is the pathway that they should follow, I think you probably impeach in 2024. After the first of the year in January or February, you can continue the inquiry throughout the fall. And then at least it's a four or five month process. Now, Buck, I've said from the get go, and and I'll stand by this. If Joe Biden were to announce that he's not running, 
He has to do it in time to allow there to be a primary process. Unless, and this would truly be crazy, and I don't think Republicans could get this lucky, unless Joe Biden announced he wasn't running so late, Buck, that all the choice to do out there was Kamala Harris. And I just don't think he would do that because I don't think she's been a good enough VP or even necessarily a loyal enough VP that he would forestall everybody else from being able to run, which is what would happen if he stepped down, let's say, next year in April or May after the primary season's effectively over, then at hands or you know sometime in the summer or something like that. So if he's going to step down and we're going to have a primary process, I think he'd need to be stepped down. And by step down, I don't mean leave office. It, I mean say I'm not running again because I don't think he's going to resign he, or leave yeah, of office. Course. He, it would have to happen logistically by December. If he doesn't do it by December, you're. I mean, now you're talking about it's it's just not logistically possible to replace him. So we only have a few months here in which that's a serious consideration at all. Um, but do, do you see what I'm saying about the timing of this? Yeah, no, it's coming. I, you know, I, they, I think they, it's I interesting. Feel like they're they're letting it fly now, and we're and I I think the Republicans are doing the right thing in getting this out there. But remember, next think for think forward to 12 months from now. Really, more importantly, 14 months from now, when you're in the height of the of the actual general election. Trump will be sitting there with God knows how many indictments hanging over his head from these lunatic Democrats. And we're going to be saying, but they should have charged Hunter and Biden's a criminal. Joe's a criminal. That's how they see this plan out. Let's close out really quick here, Buck. Preview for tomorrow. Here is what's being reported about Devin Archer. We're going to be all in on this. Andy Biggs, one of the Republicans in the room, that's the Republican representative from Arizona, he says that he thinks that the president is compromised based on some of the testimony that he's heard. Now, Devin Archer testified that there was value in adding Hunter Biden to Burisma's board to promote what he called the brand. Now, the argument was that the then vice president, Joe Biden, brought the most value to the brand. Archer also stated that Burisma would have gone under if not for the brand. Now, the testimony today, according to the sources, revealed that Hunter Biden called D.C. about that matter. And then Archer testified that Hunter put his father, then the vice president, on the speakerphone more than 20 times. Now, Archer testified that President Biden was there to sell the brand. We'll talk about it There you go. Yep. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, Old Spice deodorant, or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon and Time, is back for another round. We had a big bear of a man, who was called Mal Evans, who was on roadie. And uh, I was coming back on the plane and he said, 
Will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. I said, what? Sergeant Pepper? Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.